a Tricky Kid Media original presentation distributed by iHeartRadio. Hey, all you fans, marks, smarks, jobbers, cheerers, and jeerers. Get ready for an exciting bout of no-holds-barred fun. I'm Dana French, and this is Wrestling. Welcome to an exciting addition to the Tricky Kid Radio Podcast Network, where we take on all corners in the world of professional wrestling. We will be talking with legends from the past, the best talent of today, and rising stars of the future. Don't miss weekly post-show analysis, guest commentary, and live remotes from the matches with your host, a veteran of calling the action ringside, Roy Turner. Everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of This Is Wrestling. Uh, man, what a great weekend that we had uh, here in Dallas. It was a big, big weekend for wrestling here. Uh, is Impact Wrestling returned to the DFW area uh, for two big nights. Uh, one for their Hard to Kill pay-per-view, the third in that series. And actually, I believe last year's. Uh, was also in Dallas. I was at that one. That was the, the big one where Tessa Blanchard had won the belt and lots of big stars there. Uh, and then the next night they had uh, a big long taping where they taped, I, I think, at least several weeks ahead because because uh, it was a long show. And I saw uh, what the lineup was going to be for the show this coming weekend. And I know that a lot of the stuff that they, they taped aren't on that show. So that's at least two weeks ahead. So we're going to dive into all of it right now. Again, th- my name is Roy Turner, and this is Wrestling. Okay, so the hard to kill, I mean, excuse me, the Impact Wrestling brand has been on a roll. You know, people have been, it's such a great time to be a wrestling fan right now. I know people kind of think of WWE as being, of course, not only the top dog, but kind of the top dog is starting to kind of make some you know, kind of consistently making a lot of bad, what seemingly bad decisions. I'm not going to comment on that. I mean, I, I wouldn't know what's best for business for them. And a lot of times what to, to the public seems like bad for business. They don't know jack shit. The people who actually know business know what's best. So I won't make any comment there, but there is seeming to be this, this kind of this decline, this, and it's reflecting in their ratings. And then you got to come up with AEW, I definitely subscribe to the thought that we don't need WWE to fail in order for AEW to succeed and, and vice versa. And I, I want everybody to win. But Impact, formerly TNA Wrestling, has definitely been the the third one, or even the fourth with Ring of Honor. Uh, and Ring of Honor closing up shop, at least temporarily, uh, late last year, um, has given a lot of opportunity for impact to kind of rise up because I've, I've always I've liked their product but I too have agreed that their product is always has felt there's always just been something God, I don't want to be disrespectful there's but there's always been something like AEW just feels exciting and fresh and powerful and kind of must-see where TNA kind of feels like well generic it's like you've got Mountain Dew but then you've got that other generic brand and they, they may look just like Mountain Dew and, and their hearts could be in, in it and, and even recognizable people that, but there's always that you know even when they had that six sided ring and all that so rebranding is impact is great but man they are on a roll 
and I think that what's happened is, is there's a buzzword happening right now that I didn't really understand what it what it meant, and I understand it a little bit more now, is this term called forbidden door. And I don't like to jump on those types of bandwagons and stuff, but um, but here's what it means is that when you you're a common person, right? You read DC, okay, that's Batman and Superman. Spider-Man isn't in that world. There would be no reference, and there would be no reason to make any sort of reference, and there would be every reason not to make that reference. That's how wrestling works. When you're in WWE, they're not going to maybe making any reference to any other wrestler. It's it's that bubble. It's that universe. And talent in back in the days used to, used to be uh, literally territories, you know, like mid south and mid Atlantic and world class and. And uh, they may have all been under the NWA umbrella. A lot of them were. And then they would have one champion that would tour these territories. So, but now this Forbidden Door thing is like they're they're sharing talent. Like a talent that is with, let's say, Ring of Honor, who's under contract with Ring of Honor, is going to be able to come and work a match. In, it's like Spider-Man is coming to the DC universe, and S- Superman is flying into, you know, to to do battle with the X-Men or something. It's just it's it's crazy, and of course you know that WWE would never ever participate in this because they don't have to. They they are the big company. Maybe this is something that the independent companies are doing to uh, to broaden their horizons, to expand. Um, uh, they're whatever. There's there definitely is a motivation behind that. But what we found out was was that the headliner uh, of this event, Hard to Kill, announced a few weeks, uh, just a few days beforehand, you know, with the big WWE event, the Royal Rumble coming up, is that Mickey James, of course, you know, a WWE legend and Hall of Famer has been welcomed to enter the thing. So that's kind of them throwing their hat in the little forbidden door thing. So it's an exciting time. And and I wanted to mention before we dive into here that speaking of the Royal Rumble, January 29th, if you're in Dallas, Texas, don't, I want you to come join me at Dave and Buster's uh, in Dallas, Texas. And I'm not going to be alone. Selena De La Renta is going to be joining me uh, as my co-host, uh, along with the, the main man who put the whole thing together. He's the Vince McMahon of, of this whole party, my man Chris McDonald. And we're going to be uh, having prizes and giveaways and all different types of So make sure you're subscribing to this show. It's free so you can be a part of that. And it's going to be a good time, man. I always love the Royal Rumble. It's my favorite event of the year. I always want to make plans for the Rumble. And nothing beats when you can have a room full of people and everybody can draw numbers and just make it so much fun. I don't mind watching the pay-per-views alone or just with a friend or two or even the next day on my you know laptop. But the Rumble, man, you got to have the thing. And I've been very fortunate to have a lot of great times doing that over the years. So... Again, January 29th, Dave and Buster's Dallas, Texas. Don't miss it. Uh, this is Wrestling Presents uh, the Royal Rumble with uh, Selena De La Renta. She's going to be giving out event uh, tickets to uh, their upcoming events and all different kinds of fun stuff. And then we, and, uh, we got a few surprise giveaways you won't know until you show up. So make sure you arrive early and stay long, okay? All right. So let's do this, man. We're going to take a little quick uh, little intro here uh, to... And then we're going to dive right into the 2022 edition of Impact Wrestling's Hard to Kill. 
the scars are a roadmap to where I've been. They allow me to tell our story. Individually and collectively. We have been pronounced dead time and time again. My pain, suffering, and sins of the past allow us to now breathe a new life. This is bigger than any individual physical misfortune. We don't need your life support. I'll never forget. I'll never forget. It is a daily reminder that I am, that I am, that I am, that we are, 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 kill. Okay, all right, so here we are. So here's kind of how it went down. So you know that I did these wrestling shows on my main show, Tricky Kid Radio, and it wasn't until uh, about 18 months ago where I decided, man, these shows are really starting to pick up, but the wrestling community doesn't really know about them. It's just I've been relying on my own uh, you know, main followers uh, and subscribers. So it's like this, this needs to have its own thing. So... We started it, and uh, so now the big thing for 2022 is to let the wrestling companies know. So we were so great late last year when I, we reached out, our team reached out to AEW, and they welcomed us with open arms. I want to thank John Schneider over there and all of them for uh, treating us so well for their winter is, uh, is coming event, late 2021. And if you haven't checked out uh, that, that episode, please check it out, man. We... Had so many great guests. We had Mark Henry and the Bunny, Laura Dennis, and all that great stuff. And, and you can see some of those interviews on our YouTube channel at Tricky Kid TV. Uh, so I wanted to do the same with Impact Wrestling, and and no disrespect whatsoever, but I was getting a little little concerned. I know they kind of got their hands full and all that over there, and things are kind of crazy right now with COVID and the you know the holiday season and all that. And so I you know didn't hear from them, and I was just like, what the heck's going on? So finally, I reached out to their dude, Ross Foreman, who's a great, great dude. And I said, hey, man, you know, our producers reached out to you. What, what's going on? He was like, oh, I had no idea. And, and uh, he's like, yeah, man, you know, you're, let's, let's do this. So, he, so uh, he extended a great invitation to both nights for us. And, um, and it's, at, again, the Bomb Factory in Dallas, Texas, in Deep Island. And I've had a lot of memories in that building. Uh, everything from seeing Fit Faith No More a couple of times, Fugazi a couple of times, uh, many, many New Year's Eve spent there with our friends of the Toadies, um, and, and a million other different types of, of, of fun over the year. So uh, anyway, and uh, I heard it was sold out, and you know the, the Bond Factory went away for like from like '96 to like 2000, and I want to say 16. They went away for like 20 years. And the new remodeling is really, really nice and they have this big thing. So I was like, dang. But when I got there, what I realized was that, you know, they did kind of kayfabe that a little bit, whereas they didn't sell any of the tickets on the second level to kind of keep it, you know. And they had kind of had the grandstands on the side and all that. But but the thing that uh, uh, it was kind of weird was when I got there, I had a standing room only ticket. Now, again, I'm grateful and respectful and, and thanks to Ross and I look forward to doing this again with them. But I was just kind of like... You know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm here to cover the event. I, I am not some prima donna or some star, but, you know, I kind of need to be up where the action is. I need to be taking some, you know, wanted to take some good photographs and all that. And, and uh, but I ran into my buddy Luke Hawkins, who uh, you guys know him from the Ice Wrestling thing. If you've ever been to any independent show anywhere in this country, 
the, the friendly guy that's shooting the show behind the camera there, that's Luke, and he's a great dude. And, and he and I have known each other for a long time, but we never ever got to actually sit down and watch some matches together uh, because we're always working. Uh, the events so it was great to you know so that was the kismet part of it was yeah i kind of had not the ticket i was expecting but it allowed me to kind of hang out with uh with luke and uh and we enjoyed the show and then but for the main event there uh with mickey and uh, diana perrazzo i was like i, I gotta get up front so i just said screw it and, and i you know made it happen i made my way up to the very front um anyway okay so check this out so here's what I wanted to, uh, to talk about is I got there uh, right there as the, uh, as the show started, the pre-show started, whatever. And uh, it was Havoc versus uh, Savannah Evans. And, uh, that, and that was cool. I caught the end of that match. Uh, and it was kind of what they call impact digital exclusive. Um, and uh, let's see here. Then the next match was Jake something. And that's actually his name. And I'm not forgetting his last name. Uh, versus Madman Fulton. Now, again, I'm not really going to be giving away too much of the of the actual results here, except to react to some of the ones later, because I want you guys to go back and watch uh, these. The, I want you to see these programs when they air. Uh, the next was uh, Mike uh, Bailey versus Ace Austin, Chris Bay, and the Laredo Kid in this great, great four-way match. So three great, strong matches to kick everything off uh, to kind of get the crowd rolling. And man, and man, let me tell you something right now. And talk about kicking it off right. Uh, the actual match that I was actually looking the most forward to seeing was what they started with, man. There was going to be two matches uh, that they were doing. Uh, what they do is called the Ultimate X Match, which is kind of their version of like Money in the Bank, where you have to uh, capture this, you know, the X, the TNA Impact, you know, the X thing. Uh, and when you do that, then you get to uh, cash that in at a later time. I'm assuming. I, I, I don't know that to be true. Uh, I think so. But what I didn't realize was that I guess when the match started, uh, I was thinking, oh, well, how are they going to get up there? And I'm expecting them to, you know, to grab ladders. And, and I don't know why. It took me a minute to go, oh, wait a minute. Like, because... Because let me back up for a second. Let me first let me tell you the, tell you the participants in this match. Okay. Uh, first of all, uh, again, they were going to do a women's and a men's, and I was mainly looking forward to the women's match. Uh, and it was going to be Tasha Steeles, Chelsea Green, who I love, Jordan Grace, uh, Lady Frost, Rosemary, who I love, and originally it was going to be Rachel Ellering, of course, Paul Ellering's daughter. And at the last minute. Uh, she had to pull out. No reason was given. I hope it wasn't a COVID situation. Uh, and she was replaced by, man, one of my favorites, uh, Alicia Edwards. And it was Alicia's birthday, like her 35th birthday. Uh, and I took some great uh, photos uh, of that. And we had to talk to Alicia afterwards that she has been posting on her social media. So cheers to you. And once again, happy birthday. Uh, to Alicia. Uh, man, what a freaking match. This was so great. So what I was going to say was, so I've never seen a, a X Division, uh, I'm sorry, a Ultimate X match before. So forgive me, but I was like, why are they acting like circus performers? They're, like, they're climbing up there and hanging on this, this, this cable that's connected, you know, to the turnbuckle. Why aren't you grabbing a ladder? And like, oh, wait a minute, this is not how that works. Like, yeah, you have to do it like this. 
Uh, and man, it was so great. Chelsea came out in this red cowboy, cowgirl outfit looking 10 shades of hot. Uh, and Alicia, of course, is gorgeous. They're all, they're all good looking and athletic and wonderful and awesome. And, uh, and man, this match just kicked so much ass. Um, they, it ran just under about 10 minutes, but great showings from every participant. Like there were no losers here. Uh, you'll have to watch the show, uh, in order to, if you haven't already, um, to find out the winner but everybody looked good and strong it was great you know alicia's supposed to be just this kind of fill-in and man she threatened to steal the entire show again and chelsea was great all great strong performers this was one hell of a match this could easily be a contender for match of the year especially where impact wrestling is concerned so again like i said everything about this had that you know what I mean? Like, I don't subscribe to this. I'm not one of those smart marks, whatever the hell they call them. But there's this there's this kind of thing that, that those people would approve of. Those people, like, it has to be like this. It has to be AEW and Daniel Bryan versus some dude from Japan for an hour. Uh, or otherwise, it's not, you know, what we call wrestling. It had, it had that thing, this whole event, that would please those people. Uh, which, you know, that's not a bad thing. I mean, that's that's how you do good business. So, uh, anyway, uh, I was so pleased with this match, and uh, and you got to check it out. When you, again, um, yeah, it aired, of course. You know, of course, it was a live event, and if you haven't seen it, you, gotta, you should order it, see the replay, check it out. Uh, next up uh, was a singles match for the Impact X Division Championship. Uh, it was Trey Miguel uh, versus Steve Macklin. And uh, it was like one of those things where it was like a stipulation where if Macklin lost, he can no longer challenge for the title uh, as long as Trey is champion. I don't think I'd ever seen that stipulation before. So that was interesting. And there was a lot going into that of like, okay, what's, what's going to happen there? So it feels like when you do a stipulation like that, that it kind of gives away the winner. So... I'm going to give it away now. So it, it wasn't a surprise to see Trey Miguel had won uh, cleanly by pinfall. Uh, but the match was no less uh, awesome and super fun. Uh, next up was Jonathan Grisham versus Chris Saban. And this is what you call a pure rules match. And this was for the Ring of Honor World Championship. Once again, this forbidden door thing. And maybe that's why this show felt so injected with cool indie wrestling because even though Ring of Honor uh, decided to relinquish all their talent of their contracts for now and they made an announcement that I think they're going to be coming back to debut around WrestleMania time which of course is going to be here in Dallas this year which is going to be fantastic and we'll be there uh, they're announcing WrestleCon's going to be back uh, in town Impact Wrestling will be, will be doing uh, a show there at WrestleCon and it looks like so is Ring of Honor so it looks like they just kind of wanted to hit the reset button and come on back and then they're building towards that with a lot of Ring of Honor stuff and these weren't the only Ring of Honor people that you would have, you saw this night let me tell you um then after that, uh, then it was Josh Alexander versus uh, uh, Jonah in a singles match. And that was before what they became what was called a 10-man hardcore war. Uh, and I guess that's just kind of like a five-on-five -five, uh, type kind of deal. But man, 
that was it had a lot of freaking talent uh, in that. You had Eddie Edwards, uh, who is coincidentally uh, married to the birthday girl Alicia Edwards, the one we mentioned earlier, uh, with Rich Swan, Willie Mack. You had, of course, Heath Slater and Rhino versus the Good Brothers. Of course, you remember them as, um, you know, from WWE. Uh, what were they? Were they the Bullet Club or something? And it was, uh, uh, of course, Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson. And then, you, and then you had Violent by Design, which was insanity, I think, in NXT or... Or no, was that in, I can't remember, but it's, uh, of course, Eric Young, Diener, and Joe Doring. Uh, this was like, uh, this was like controlled chaos. This was insanity. And even cooler was, again, at the very end of the match, they were ambushed by, like, what I call the Avengers of, uh, of, of Ring of Honor, led by one of my favorite divas ever, Maria Canales. Check this out. What a what 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 the hell? What is this? Oh my god, what the what that's Matt Taven! Is that, is that Mike Bennett? That's Mike Bennett! What is Taven Mike Bennett doing here? Timor, is that is that Vincent? Yes, yes, how do these guys get in here? No, where's security at? Bennett goes right behind. What is happening? All right. I mean, just great stuff. You see what I'm saying? Just like top to bottom, just, just solid, man. Uh, and then we come back from that insanity, and we got Moose, who is way over, by the way. I love Moose. I've called his matches before. Uh, versus, of course, Long Island IC. I know he doesn't go by that anymore, but, of course, Matt Cordona and another WWE alumni, of course, he was going by, by Big Kaz. He goes by William, uh, goes by W. Morrissey now. I think his name is actually Stephen Morrissey, or is that the actual Morrissey? I don't know. They have nothing in common other than that name. Uh, but uh, anyway, congratulations also to Matt and because he just married, like I said, one of the hottest women in the world. Uh, and talented Chelsea Green, who got involved in this match in a very non-PG way, man. She comes out onto the ramp, gives the finger uh, to uh, to his opponents, and just in dives on top of them. Totally badass and totally awesome. Check this out. What the hell? What's Chelsea? What's Chelsea doing out here? It looked like Moose was going for a powerbomb. It's entirely legal and a triple threat. Absolutely right. And Chelsea trying to get any kind of advantage to help Matt get this championship around his waist. And look, Chelsea doing anything, diving off crossbody on Moose. And this was a three-way match for the Impact World Championship. Uh, and of course, with Moose uh, retaining his belt. And all of this happens, keep in mind, before we even get to what is technically the main event uh and so that tells you that you know they came to play
and the and what a main event was. You know, in all a lot of times we've talking about. Of course, we all know that you know women's wrestling has gone through such a literally an evolution from being uh, all wonderful and talented, but primarily to entertain as eye candy. Uh, to becoming the athletic uh, superstars, and I'm sure the other girls were too, but meaning that they were now have been given the opportunity. And now, eye for an eye, man. When you got Sasha Banks and and uh, you know Charlotte Flair and all them doing still, you know, hell in the cell matches and everything else to keep it uh, keep the level playing uh, playing field even. Here we have a fucking Texas death match, and you imagine how we had Ali the bunny on she was involved in this insane like and again like oh man girls shouldn't be doing it i i don't i don't feel that way i just i don't like that kind of match i don't even i don't the, the john moxley japan gory barbed wire explode I, I that's not for me um and i don't care what gender you are but i especially don't want to see Ali's so gorgeous though uh, but man, it's just how tough those girls are, man. Uh, and, how t- and how tough anybody is when we get in a match like that. But man, it, it's been kind of like, I feel like, I, I mentioned it because I feel like one informed the other. You know, I, don't, I mean, I'm not saying who did what first, but like Ali and Tay Conti got in this, I mean, they were just covered in blood. And I know that Ali's a big horror fan. I know she really got off on it. And, uh, and so now you've got, again, the legendary Mickey James who's not 22, but she still looks great and can, and she's probably at the top of her game now, actually, versus one of maybe the best technical wrestler, male or female, in the world today, Indiana Perrazzo. I remember seeing her in some female-only kind of little thing that actually TNA did a long-ass time ago, and she was the standout to me then. And then as time goes on, she... I don't know. I, I I saw her again later, and she she looked a lot different. She moved a lot different, and I don't. For me, it felt almost like a step back. Like I was like, this this isn't what you know. And so I did not wasn't aware really of of how far she has come um, until I saw this match, and it was just uh, even though, of course, Mickey James uh, won uh, to kind of unite. Uh, the two belts there, uh, but man, Diano put on they, both of them put on a clinic, and it was it. Thankfully, it wasn't as gory. In fact, I think that Mickey, instead of blading, I think she used like a capsule or something, which was uh, for me uh, relieving. Um, but like I said, I strong armed my way, man. I was basically ringside for this, and uh, and just right there for the action. Funny enough, uh, she came out in a uh, in a Dallas Cowboys. Thing you know, cheering on the local team, and she's hardcore country and all that. And uh, she actually posted like, uh, "That shirt didn't age too well," because unfortunately, you know, the Cowboys suffered a, a pretty significant loss uh, 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 shortly after. Anyway, but this this that's literally is another contender for match of the year across the board. Uh, and hats off to both. Uh, competitors for just putting on such an amazing show and hats off to the entire roster um, and the team and Ross for having us and the producers and everybody else that and, and Tommy Dreamer and everybody else that put on uh, that, that made this I mean this this didn't feel like you were kind of watching this like how oh, do you because I know I know among the cool people impact wrestling is not the cool show this was the cool show this had it this had it all 
Uh, so congratulations. Uh, after uh, the event, I ran into my old buddy. You guys, of course, you're going to go see that crazy guy uh, called WWE Sign Guy. He's like seven foot whatever, and he wears the 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 backwards you know red hat and the work shirt and he waves a bunch of silly signs which they did not allow signs at this by the way I thought that was kind of kind of a counterproductive but anyway he lives here in Dallas his name is Rick he's a buddy of mine he, he's been over to to our house a bunch of times and we watch wrestling he's been on this show several times and him and his buddy Scott um, uh, I would say it's primarily actually my friend I, I actually hang out with Scott uh, way more and, and go to concerts and things but. I always so when we try to get together these events and because of COVID, I don't think I've seen or talked to them in like thirty in like thirty like three years or, or more since the last time they were over here and they would come over for you know, to watch you know pay per views and things like that. So great to see them. And speaking of which, uh, one of the last pay per views I guess that I saw before all this uh, was our old friend Gail Kim. To talk about gorgeous and awesome and legendary. And when they had the very first women's uh, Royal Rumble. Uh, my old boss, Jerry Bostick, up in Ardmore, Oklahoma, had a watching party. This is actually how I got the gig, actually. And me and my uh, um, co-commentary, um, uh, I, can't, I can't talk today, my commentary partner, uh, Tyler, uh, for IHWE, who is now a ring announcer for Metroplex Wrestling. You should check out their shows there in Bedford, Texas on Saturday nights. We drove up there, and uh, and there wasn't a bit of a turnout, I guess, because it was like Ardmore, and, and I don't know why, but it was it ended up just being me and Gail and Tyler and Jerry and, like, a handful of wrestlers from his roster in this, like, boardroom at, like, a La Quinta with, like, open bar, and it was the best, man. And I sat next to Gail all night, and we just, you know, you don't spend three hours, four hours with somebody getting drunk and making them laugh all night without bonding and then remembering it. And so every time I see Gail from then, she, of course, remembers it and immediately shares an inside joke that was born that night and gives me a great hug. So it's great to see her. I haven't seen her in, in, in a couple of years. And, uh, and then, that, and of course, I also I met Alicia uh, Edwards for the first time that night. So great, great time. We had a, we had a wonderful, such a, such a fun night. And we were uh, ready to do it again the very next night for uh, the massive taping. So we're going to take a quick break right now, and we'll get right back into night two of this one-two punch of Impact Wrestling to kick off 2022. While we take a short commercial break, you should too from trying to get yourself over. And since you're listening to this, you probably have disposable income. So let our sponsors tell you how to put it to good use. Hey guys, while we take a break, I wanted to tell you something about my favorite venue in Texas uh, and maybe the world over. Uh, if you have never been to the Texan Theater in Greenville, which is uh, it's you know a little ways north uh, on your way to Oklahoma. Uh, it's a, I guess it's about an hour and a half maybe north of, of Dallas. Uh, it is the greatest venue in the world. The proprietor, owner, and just all-around badass, Barbara Haran, puts on one of the most unique experiences you will ever have in your life. Uh, she approaches things from a very different business model that I think the whole world should embrace, and we would all would be uh, better for it. It's just this amazing... Uh, experience where you get to see uh, one of your favorite artists up close in a gorgeous venue, 
and dinner is included uh, unlimited drinks are included um you know she treats her staff so well they're not getting the whatever the two dollar an hour and relying on tips things she makes she takes good care of them N literally none of them have had to suffer uh throughout the pandemic thankfully uh barb's just a great gal a great person uh very creative and just uh just one of my favorite people and so if you're ever in greenville or even near, anywhere near dallas make a point to visit the texan theater and and uh in greenville and as you know we're working on our uh uh, King's X film project, you know, as you know, I'm a filmmaker myself, and so we'll be should be talking about that maybe in the context of Tribeca soon. Uh, but we will be having the film along with a live performance uh, with King's X there at the Texas Theater uh, as soon as we can get this sucker done. So, so once again, Texan Theater in Greenville, check it out. Hey, what's up? This is Rick Ockberger, the WWE sign guy. Oh my lord! Now, back to the action. Alright, so now, I guess the issue from uh, the night before, when I had a standing room only ticket, uh, was corrected. Because now when I got there, I now had a ringside seat. But... Uh, did I, when I got there, it seemed like they still couldn't find my name, so maybe he actually forgot about me altogether, and it was just because the ticket lady knows my face from me going there all the time. I don't know. Ross, do you deserve credit for that? Let me know. I'm having some fun here. But it was cool because, again, my friends uh, Scott and Rick, which I call the Steiner Brothers, of course, Rick the sign guy and uh, our buddy Scott, um, Bamba there, they were also ringside, so... Uh, I actually was sitting right next to them, uh, which you'll be able to see us, of course, uh, on on uh, on Impact uh, Wrestling right there on TV. So make sure you you tune in there, and you can see us right there. We were right behind the ring announce team, which they've also have upgraded that. I know they've had Josh Matthews uh, forever, and for a while they had Elijah Burke, and have gone through quite a bit. But now, with WWE's Tom Hannafin being there, he really elevates the game. D'Lo Brown is there. Uh, they, they even did a spot right there in front of us, which was really, really cool. So, I think I almost enjoyed this, these, the tapings almost as much as, if not more, than the actual uh, pay-per-view, just because uh, where we were sitting and it was much more of a relaxed atmosphere and it was just, I don't know, house shows can be seen, this wasn't a house show, but you know what I mean, it kind of had that more of a vibe to it. Uh, so, their pre-shows were called BTI, which means Before the Impact. Uh, and it was Black Tars versus Matthew uh, Rewalt, which you remember him, he was, um, God, you know, the guy, well, I forgot what, he, what he, would, he would go by in WWE. He was the guy that would sing, and he also was like one half of the Vaudevillians, I think. Anyway, he's tremendous. He's got such a great voice. He actually can sing and have that great deep voice. And, uh, and they put on a great match to kind of get everything uh, rocking uh, there. Uh, before the before the impact, uh, and then of course again from last to fallout from from hard to kill. Here comes uh, again our man Big Kaz, now known as W Morrissey, and he comes out and to, to challenge uh, uh, Moose, and he was all mad and said he was going to come come get him and kick his ass, and and he was all furious and stuff. Uh, and again here come I called them the Avengers, but I guess they're now officially the Invaders. Uh, from Ring of Honor, and here comes Matt Taven, Vincent, who looks like Rob Zombie, uh, PCO, of course, Mike Bennett, and his better half, Maria Canales. 
And what was crazy was when they invaded, they invaded through the crowd, through the front row, meaning that like we had to get out of the way for them to do this spot, which meant that Maria Canales was like, you got to go, buddy. Like, it was like I had to give up my spot to uh, Maria, who is one of my all-time favorite uh, uh, performers. And just one of my favorite overalls all, all, all around. So that was that was cool, man. That was that was endlessly thrilling that uh, they came to the crowd like that. And it's just where it turns into a thing where something like you're I'm no longer the journalist. I'm. I'm no longer there to report. I'm there. I'm just, I'm suddenly, I'm, uh, my suspension, my, my disbelief has been suspended and I'm all in. So, and that's when that, when that happens, that's the beauty. That's the thing with wrestling. That's the magic of professional wrestling. Um, and Maria Canellis is responsible for so many, uh, uh, magical moments for me uh, in professional wrestling. She's just, I think she's just the best, man. I love her so much and I was so glad to see her. They followed us up uh, with a couple of, of, of great matches. Uh, uh, Chris Bay uh, fought the Laredo Kid for a, a great, great match uh, that I'm sure is going to look great on television. Jake Something uh, fought Speedball Mike Bailey. And Jake Something, that's his last name. I, I didn't know, like I'm forgetting his name. Like, oh, Jake uh, so-and-so. No, it's uh, Jake Something versus Speedball Mike Bailey. Uh, again, two great, great contests. Um, the third match after that I thought was really great. The one that I was super surprised by, um, not surprised that it was good. I'm just saying like there was a couple surprises was, um, Masha Slamovich. I thought she said slam a bitch. In fact, when I tweeted about this, I wrote, did she say slam a bitch? And she had this really dominant, um, uh, debut the previous week and, and came out looking awesome. She's she kind of reminds me of that the old school uh, kind of like gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Not just because she's doing the whole kind of German thing, but like just the the eighties big hair and everything is over the top and all that. And of course, shout out to my glow girls. You know, we just had Roxy Ashter on. And I wanted to make sure you guys are going to tune in. We uh, we lost a couple of of our girls, man. Uh, this last couple of week um, with um, of course Matilda the Hun. And a girl named Sarah that was a part of the first two seasons, uh, who was beloved. And uh, so we're going to try to pay tribute to them uh, over the next couple of weeks. So I hope you all will stay tuned for that. Uh, but Masha was awesome. And then her opponent was Vert Vixen, who I love, man. And what's so cool is that uh, Vert Vixen is also not only one of the like most brightest up-and-coming uh, professional wrestlers, but she's one of the greatest like cosplayers in the world. Like she is big on the cosplaying scene. I shot her at San Diego Comic Con, like the big one years ago. I mean, she's you know Comic Con. I mean, uh, cosplay is kind of a you know everybody cosplays when you go around, but there's a whole other side to it where it's big money and big industry and everything else. And and she was a major, maybe still is a major player in that. So I was like, holy cow! And I heard she was getting uh, into wrestling. And in fact, I know that she's wrestled out at Metroplex Wrestling. My former um, uh, commentator partner, my man Tyler, he's doing some ring announcing out there, and they do shows every Saturday um, right there in Bedford, Texas, between Dallas and Fort Worth. So for in the area, check those out. They, they they do a lot of fun shows there. And he had mentioned about her, and I was like, oh, man, I think if that's got to be the same person that I shot at Sango Comic-Con. But So I've been looking forward to seeing her wrestle and wasn't 
you know, didn't know that it was, it was going to be this night. So that was great. And she's awesome. It looks great in the ring. Everything she does looks great. Uh, that's a star right there. She's good at anything that she does. And that and her star is on the rise, man. So cheers to you, Divert Vixen. Good to see you. I thought that was great. And, um, and then there was a massive surprise. It also hits a little close to home. Uh, there's a lot to unpack here. And here's what I mean. So... Uh, Josh Alexander comes out, right? Okay, and he's, you know, doing his bit and he's talking some stuff and everything else. And then here comes, I guess, like in the vein of like what happened with, you know, AEW All Out and, um, you know, with all these big, big surprises was a, their big surprise was here comes a local dude, uh, or actually he's local, but of course he was on the, the major uh, scene there uh, with Charlie Haas. Now, when I was doing... Um, heel color commentary for a company here in town called IHWE, Charlie was our champion for two years. So I got to know Charlie and, and uh, hang out with him. I'm, I'm a home brewer and I used to would make uh, you know a couple of beers a couple times a year and I would bring them to the matches and not 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 everybody drank because they're trying to stay in you know in shape and, and good for them but uh, but Charlie was always great about um, you know he would t- you know he would be like a little taste tester and he was always so complimentary and and I know Charlie's had his demons and so um, I, you know I, I look back on it and go maybe I should have been giving him alcohol or whatever I, I don't mean to make light of it at all but trust me but I um, I was just glad to see him and uh, and now like I said I, I had moved up to ringside uh, next to my buddy Rick of course you guys know him as the WWE sign guy and and uh, and like I guess his best friend Scott who was I'm actually closer with Scott I feel like than I am with Rick I, I talk to Scott all the time and we go to concerts and and things together and stuff so anyway uh, so now we're now ringside uh, for this bit and we were so excited uh, uh, for Charlie so they were setting up the match. But something happens here that you probably already know that made the headlines, and I wanted to talk about it and clear it up here, right here on this now. Uh, but we're gonna p- put a pin in that and get on with the rest of the uh, the card before we before we do that. Uh, up next was, of course, Impact World Champion Moose, who I love. I've called his matches before too. Versus Zicky Dice with Brian Myers uh, and VSK for the Impact World Championship. And uh, you had to expect that Big Kaz or now Morrissey was going to interfere, given the spot that he had made earlier in the show, and you would have been correct. Uh, Raj Singh, next match was versus Jonah. They had this crazy uh, all over the all over the place match. Um, one match I was really looking forward to at. Hard to kill the night before that actually did not happen. Was my girls, you guys know, were known as the Iconics in WWE, uh, had moved over now to Impact Wrestling as the inspiration. And they were going to take on the influence of Tennille Dashwood and Madison Rain, also two of my favorites. And I don't know if it was a COVID situation or whatever, but the but the inspiration, uh, the Iconics, whatever, Cassie Lee and Jessica McKay, they had they pulled out the last minute, so that that match got scrapped altogether. So I was hoping that we were still going to get to see you know Tennille and Madison in some capacity, uh, and uh, we did, uh, which was really cool. Um, and then is they were setting up uh, for a match that's going to be airing the next week, but actually happened that night because, again, they were taping for two weeks ahead. So we'll get to that one whenever we get to the second taping. Um, but then 
Uh, man alive, I gotta tell you right now, I really think that Diano Perrazzo might be the best technical wrestler in the world, male or female. And um, like I said, I've I saw her way back uh, when she was doing the. Um, like I said, you know, before when she was kind of part of the knockouts thing, and she has really got her shit together, man. And uh, so she is, of course, the AAA Reign of the Reigns champion, and she was facing the Ring of Honor Women's World Champion, uh, who I I also think that if Diano Perrazzo is number one, I think number two is probably Roxy, who set in the audience the night before. I love her. She's from, I think, El Paso, or she's a Texas girl. And I saw her in 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 Tampa, uh, the night before WrestleMania, or maybe maybe it was like late nothing. Maybe it was maybe it was the night of like night one or something, or maybe I, I can't remember. But um, and I was just completely, literally, it's been a long time when somebody just captured my imagination. And right now, other than the people that I have already established that have my attention, of course, uh, being Alexa Bliss and. And uh, obviously, Ali and, and everything else, and a few others. Uh, but in terms of like new ones, I love Cora Jade and NXT. And man, I love Rock C. And so to see them two go go at it uh, for a title versus title match for the Reign of the Reigns uh, and uh, Ring of Honor World Championship, this also could be a contender for match of the year. They had two matches in two days. Impact Wrestling that could qualify, and they were both women's matches. I mean, their their women's division is just on fire. It's just on fire. It's it's unbelievable. Uh, in this match, uh, if you were to see it, and I hope that you will make uh, whenever it it airs, um, will you know look no further. This is exactly why. And we're gonna take a little more break, and then we're gonna come back with. Uh, the second taping uh, for Impact Wrestling that will be airing, of course, on January the 20th, the other one on January the 13th. Uh, and we'll be right back uh, with more of Impact Wrestling. Hey, what's up? This is Rick Ockberger, the WWE sign guy. Oh, my Lord. All right. So now... I guess the issue from uh, the night before, when I had a standing room only ticket, uh, was corrected because now when I got there, I now had a ringside seat. But uh, did I? When I got there, it seemed like they still couldn't find my name. So maybe he actually forgot about me altogether. And it was just because the ticket lady knows my face when me going there all the time. I don't know, Ross. Do you deserve credit for that? Let me know. I'm having some fun here. But it was cool because, again, my friends uh, Scott and Rick, which I call the Steiner Brothers, of course, Rick the sign guy and uh, our buddy Scott, um, Banda there, they were also ringside. So uh, I actually was sitting right next to them, uh, which you'll be able to see us, of course, uh, on on uh, on Impact uh, Wrestling right there on TV. So make sure you, you tune in there and you can see us right there. We were right behind the... Ring announce team, which they've also have upgraded that. I know they've had Josh Matthews uh, forever, and for a while they had Elijah Burke, and have gone through quite a bit. But now, with WWE's Tom Hannafin being there, he really elevates the game. D'Lo Brown is there. 
Uh, they, they even did a spot right there in front of us, which was really, really cool. So I think I almost enjoyed this, these, the tapings almost as much as, if not more, than the actual uh, pay-per-view just because uh, where we were sitting and it was much more of a relaxed atmosphere and it was just, I don't know, house shows can be seen. This wasn't a house show, but you know what I mean? It kind of had that more of a vibe to it. Uh, so their pre-shows were called BTI, which means Before the Impact. Uh, and it was Black Tars versus Matthew uh, Rewalt, which you remember him, he was, um, God, you know, the guy, well, I forgot what he, what, he would, what he would go by in WWE. He was the guy that would sing, and he also was like one half of the Vaudevillians, I think. Anyway, he's tremendous. He's got such a great voice. He actually can sing, he had that great deep voice. And, uh, and they put on a great match to kind of get everything uh, rocking uh, there. Uh, before the before the impact, uh, and then of course again from last the fallout from from hard to kill. Here comes uh, again our man Big Kaz, now known as W Morrissey, and he comes out and to, to challenge uh, uh, Moose, and he was all mad and said he was going to come come get him and kick his ass, and and he was all furious and stuff. Uh, and again here comes I called them the Avengers, but I guess they're now officially the Invaders. Uh, from Ring of Honor, and here comes Matt Taven, Vincent, who looks like Rob Zombie, uh, PCO, of course, Mike Bennett, and his better half, Maria Canales. And what was crazy was that when they invaded, they invaded through the crowd, through the front row, meaning that, like, we had to get out of the way for them to do this spot, which meant that Maria Canales was like, you gotta go, buddy. Like, it was like, I had to give up my spot to... Uh, Maria, who is one of my all-time favorite uh, uh, performers. All right. And again, just like uh, on the first one, there was another what they call Before the Impact, kind of like a pre-show kind of match. Uh, and this was Jordan Grace versus Lady Frost, who also both were in that just bananas, um, knockout X type of money in the bank kind of deal. Uh, awesome. Both of these ladies have impressed me both nights uh, that I've seen them. Uh, and then uh, a little bit more of that uh, to continue was, as part of that fallout, was the winner of the X uh, Division match, Tasha Steeles uh, versus my girl Chelsea Green coming back uh, and coming back out and, again, looking 10 shades of, of hot. And... Uh, and speaking of that, Knockouts World Champion Mickey James came and sat down because we were right behind the announce table. Uh, and she joined, of course, Tom Hannafin, who is now part of Impact Wrestling, and he's kicking ass over there. That, that, that's a great score for them. He really brings a lot to the table there. Uh, like I said, after winning the very first ever Knockouts Ultimate X, is what it's called, match, um, Tasha Stills, of course, is now the number one contender. That's what that means for Mickey James's Knockouts World title. Uh, I love this whole angle. I love everything about this. And anything that involves Chelsea Green is, of course, going to get my attention. And again, like I said, it was all about the ladies. Uh, on Actually, even I think it was all about the ladies, the whole thing. Because they open and close, hard to kill with, with those two killer, killer matches. And then, same thing here. Uh, I mentioned before, of course, uh, the influence to Neil Dashwood and Madison Rain, Two of the best ever to do it. Uh, they were uh, fighting uh, Decay, which, of course, is Havoc and Rosemary. Uh, this was a great match, man. Again, like I said, Tennille is so great. Madison is so great. Everybody in this match 
is just a blast and so much fun to, to see. So the disappointment, uh, again, I would have loved to have seen what is now called the inspiration. But hey, I'll take what we can get. And what we got was absolutely great and a lot of fun. And then it was, of course, more Fallout. The, a team called The Learning Tree, which was VSK and Zicky Dice uh, with Brian Myers, uh, this whole handicap thing versus, of course, I call him Big Cass, but now he goes by uh, W. Morrissey. I don't like getting called Morrissey because I fucking hate Morrissey, the, the singer. But uh, this, was, this was kind of a confusing type kind of, kind of deal. I get they're trying to set it up, the whole thing with, with, with Moose, but it's kind of rotten. It, it kind of falls flat. I think that Big Cass is doing good work. But the whole thing is just, it's its kind of rotten. Um, and then, of course, you know that all these invasion stuff with Ring of Honor, who I said, who, who closed up shop last late last year. And I guess they're using this as a buildup because they're going to be coming back. They announced because, you know, WrestleMania is going to be in Dallas um, coming this April. And speaking of something else, I want to, of course, let everybody know is that if you haven't already made your Rumble plans, if you're in Dallas or, or the surrounding area, or if you get to hop on a fucking plane, you got to come to Dave and Buster's, man, in Dallas this Saturday, January 29th. We're throwing the biggest Royal Rumble party in history. It's going to be me, and it's going to be Selena De La Renta, the most gorgeous ass kicker you've ever seen in your life. Uh, we're going to be throwing down, man. It's going to be prizes and giveaways, and we're going to have a, a live watch party right there. Everyone's arriving at 6 o'clock. Uh, we're asking people to arrive at 6. This thing the show starts at 7, and the first match will kick off with one of the two Royal Rumble matches, but this is going to be a blast. Make sure it's free admission uh, but limited space, so make sure you're RV, RSVPing. Look I, uh, we, I put a bunch of stuff up today. Our social media team put a bunch of stuff today. There's a great poster for it. I'll have limited edition prints of it. Don't miss Royal Rumble 2022. Dave and Buster's. My man, MC Chris McDonald, uh, is gonna is also in the house. He's the one who put this whole thing together, and I thank him a lot for, for doing that and having us in the show and the whole bit. So make sure you're you're subscribing, because if you are, something special is going to happen for you if you come to the, to this event. So... Make sure you're a part of that. Uh, okay, uh, so again, Ring of Honor World Champion Jonathan Grisham versus Steve Macklin in one of these pure rules matches for the Ring of Honor World Championship. I didn't quite understand what pure rules meant and even had like a little explanation thing. And that's cool for people that are really into that kind of Bob Backlund, uh, Kurt Angle, you know, legitimate, collegiate level style of wrestling me I, I i'm not so much but uh but i get it i get what they, what they were trying to do and it was and it was a lot of fun to see um then you had the impact world tag team show, doc gallows and joe uh during uh doc and carl anderson they were called like the bullet club or something like that i forget what they were called something bash brothers or some shit uh in uh in wwe versus eric young and diener um, versus also Heath Slater and Rhino. So there's a lot of veterans here uh, and made this just a, a great, great, great match. That, that, that was a lot of fun. And then, of course, uh, last but uh, but not least is the situation I wanted to talk about with, with Charlie Haas uh, versus Josh Alexander. Now, uh, since we were there and ringside, and right there, and this is also kind of a personal deal. I'm not looking for some exclusive scoop here, but you know, all all 
you know, all too often this happens. Something happens and suddenly, you know, the fucking wrestling Twitterverse goes crazy and with speculation and people, I don't know what that is. I mean, it's just so strange how, like, I love wrestling, right? But when I have to be around, <laughs> like, other people in the wrestling community, there's this, there's this, this know-it-all, one-upmanshipy kind of... I don't know, they take it so fucking serious and there's just this uncomfortable vibe of, yes, it's a work, but I know more than you type kind of, I guess it just breeds that kind of thing. I I want no part of it. So this isn't me planting my flag in that world of, I know more, but I'm just telling you, we were there, we were the only ones that were ringside in front of this that were feet from it. So if anybody knows, probably might be us. I could care less if you, if you, you know, whatever. So anyway, so I spent a lot of time online trying to inform people or, or at least, I don't know, put people at ease or calm or just tell them, you know, the, you know, the accurate thing. I'm not going to do that anymore. Like do whatever you want, but I, I did my best. So anyway, it's really no big deal when like someone got run over by a car or somebody was seriously injured, but here's what happened. Uh, ver- let me tell you about the perception versus the reality. So. Uh, this is supposed to, of course, be the main event, the big thing. This is supposed to be Charlie Haas's return, man. And we're so great because, you know, again, like I said, my man, he had some demons. It looks like someone's giving, giving him a shot. Probably Tommy Dreamer, who's the booker and all that. And here he is in his hometown. So he he should have won this match. And this is his return. When you return, why are you returning? Just to lose? No. You return to win to is, is part of your buildup. Well, something happened where suddenly... Shit went south in a hurry, and then it got awkward, and they went home, which in wrestling terms means that they decided just to go and went to the finish, and Josh wins him, so beats him. So Charlie comes back to lose his in his return match. Now keep in mind the odds are against Charlie. People have already have written him off, unfortunately, in many circles because he's burned bridges and he's had some demons and the whole bit. So you're either in the camp of us that you're rooting for Charlie and you want to see him win because you're a good person and you want to see people succeed and overcome your demons on top of the fact he's a local dude that that we love and have cheered for or you're one of these cynical shitheads which is unfortunately the majority it seems to be online of oh that fucking guy he should have like I knew it you know he should have retired like you know this is like Glass Joe and Mike Tyson's punch out easily to dismiss so he had the stacks against him and to prove those kind of people right sucks but he didn't but it appeared that way and this is what i wanted to clarify so anyway so charlie rolls out of the ring now he's not on camera anymore all right now they did this what you see on tv a little bit out of sequence what you're seeing on tv may not have been in the order that it actually was was presented to the live audience and what happened was he rolls out and we're looking like, I mean, we're not, you know, like, hey, this is this is real. This is legitimate. But it, you know, it, it looked that way. And I know Charlie. And so I'm we're trying to talk to Charlie and like, hey man, it's you know, hang in there, it's cool. And I could tell this dude is hurt, but nobody knows it. And not, not, not that they, they know it, but trying to keep it cool. No, they didn't know it. And I did like when you see a referee do make X's with his hands to the back, he's giving the signal. That someone is hurt. And that did not happen. I was giving. We were giving that signal. And it, it got the attention of the medical person who came over. Who was wearing a headset. 
And I said, you need to ask him what's up. And he, because he, at this point, he was like crawling under the ring just to get whatever, just get out of there. Or he didn't know where he was. I mean, it was, it was a bad scene. At first I thought it was his ACL and he was just in a lot of pain because he kind of went down to one knee at one point. We've learned now that it was, he has a, a pretty bad concussion. It's one of those freak accidents. But anyway, so here's what happens. So she immediately gets on the headset and calls for the back. And I don't know if this is on the air or not, but uh, out comes Heath Slater, uh, and he asked us. He goes, "Hey, you know what? Did, did you, you know you guys are right here? Did you see anything?" And, and we and I shared with Heath what I'm sharing with you now. And then Tommy Dreamer comes out, and they had to stretcher him out. So next, so the next day is like, of course, you know what the fuck did Charlie Haas do? You know what? You know what? A, what a waste! This whole thing. That's not what happened. Charlie looked great. He looked fantastic. Just one of those freak accents, man. And so, anyway, Tommy Dreamer got on the mic for a little bit and just kind of reassured everybody, and we talked for a bit. But I was just so sad to see that end for him, uh, for Charlie like that. He was, you know, but um, he did make an appearance um, just a few weeks later at um, at another wrestling promotion around here uh, event. So we know that he'll 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 be making his his return very 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 soon, and, I, and I'm excited for him. And best of luck to you, Charlie. Uh, of course, you have all of our support in the world, my friend. Um, okay, so there's that now. Uh, so that's how the, the event ended. And since we were there kind of trying to make sure we were some of the last people to leave. And so because of that, as me and Rick and Scott are kind of walking out, actually some of the wrestlers have, who are now in their street clothes are walking out. And one of them being Roxy. And so it was, we, I got to have a nice chat with her. But what was so funny was the dude that she was with, I don't know if it's her boyfriend or whatever it is, he was totally cheesing out on Rick. I, again, I love Rick to death. This isn't like, oh, what, the, what the fuck are they seeing him? But it's just crazy because, like, you know, you know the marks, like the, like the guy in the, the, the Brock Lesnar guy who wears the same shirt and the day glow green guy who sits, you know, ringside center hard camera and that dude and his mom that are every you know they're not beloved they're looked at as clowns like literally dorks like trying to get yourself over but people i don't know if it's the signs or whatever but anyway so something happened where uh and i tell you that too because so after that you know people were coming up to rick and you know the wrestlers and shit like you know and so check this out so we're walking down the steps and just me, Rick, and Scott are having a conversation. And just like the night before, they had like a little meet and greet uh, with like Gail Kim and I think Mickey James, whatever. And of course, and I told you the story before, we, uh, um, we I know Gail uh, pretty well uh, about when they had the very first Women's Royal Rumble, speaking of the Rumble. Uh, I got him, Jerry Bosick has a promotion up in Ardmore, Oklahoma called uh, it's like a re like a reboot of the old world-class championship wrestling called world-class revolution and me i mentioned tyler my former commentary partner we went up there and he was having his party in like like a boardroom at a fucking la quinta inn but it was like open bar and all this stuff and like nobody came it was like jerry and like like me and tyler were literally the only two i guess you would say customers or whatever and it was just Jerry, me, and Tyler, and Gail, and a couple of local wrestlers, uh, um, you know, wrestlers on his on his roster. I don't know what Gail was doing there. I don't know if she must be friends with Jerry. She did as a favor. I don't know. But Gail, I sat right next to her. We got on so well and so great. And you don't sit there for four hours getting drunk with somebody 
and not remember that and bonding for four hours and not remembering that night forever. I made her laugh for four hours straight. And so every time I see her since then, it's like the inside jokes are back. And of course she remembers me immediately. And, and we always have a great thing. So it was great, great to do it the night before. And, uh, Rick wasn't, wasn't at the, the Royal Rumbling. Actually that night was how I got the gig to start doing commentary for his promotion. I did about, about a half a dozen shows and brought in my man, Rob Moore, who's a Southern wrestling legend, uh, who was unfortunately suffering from Parkinson's disease pretty badly. And, and it was, it was kind of clear he wasn't going to be up for it for much longer. But ultimately what happened was, uh, and I'm not going to talk shit here, but ultimately I parted ways with Bostic in that promotion. You don't, not fucking pay somebody, man. You know, you don't do. I did seven shows. I got myself all the, I drove my, all the way up to El Dorado, Arkansas from here on my own dime, only for that motherfucker to snub me. And, and it sucked, man. Cause like, cause, cause, you know, they had it going on. They were having a, like a TV debut, uh, some little third tier market on late Saturday nights in like Lee Summit, Missouri or something, whatever. But they had Chavo involved and he and I didn't even did one of their little pay-per-views together. And this was exciting. This was something I was investing in. So whatever, it is what it is. Anyway, I tell you all that. Uh, so now to get back to this. So anyway, so just like the night before, I had taken a picture of Rick talking to Gail and whatever. So now while we were standing there, Diana Perrazzo is standing there in front of her boss, Ross Foreman, at a paid, a line of paying customers at a meet and greet, and she bails on it for a second to run over like a fan herself that she's out on Rick. What is it, man? Did people grow up watching this? I mean, I'm gonna, again, this isn't a diss, but I'm gonna have to have him come back on this show. Of course, he's been off here, had him on the show here before and and he comes over to the house and we do pay-per-views. Love the guy, he's a friend of mine. But at the same time, however, I always ask him, because I was never a part of it. I didn't know anything about, when he was doing that a lot, I wasn't watching wrestling. So I, I, I did not know what that was. So anyway, but I did ask him when he was on the show. I said, hey, in fact, you probably even heard his ID earlier during this, this very episode. I said, hey, man, I go, you're part of the show, right? And he said, no, but, okay, you know, there's something that he has done to internet, which I think is great. I, I'm glad we wouldn't be friends if he's one of these dorks trying to get themselves over and all that. But anyway, I thought that was kind of cool. What I didn't think was cool, and I'm like looking for any sort of like fame and glory here, but I took the picture and, uh, and, you know, of, of them two. And Deanna, by the way, is the nicest person ever. Bless you, Deanna. She, she was, every time I talked to her, she's always so nice and so kind. And I thought it was so cool that she was egoless and came over to run over to talk to Rick and, and was so excited to see him. I mean, like, just seeing her, like, she's the champion. And she, like, ran, like, made fans wait so she could talk to Rick for a minute. I thought that was pretty cool. Maybe not if I was, was the fan in line. But anyway. So I took a picture like I did the night before and I posted it. And again, I'm not looking for some sort of fame and glory, but come on, man, the, you know this is rude. Instead of like retweeting it and saying, thanks for the pick, Roy. Uh, man, that was a good time. Good to see you. And hey, thank you, Deanna, for being so cool. Or just liking it or just retweeting it or something. Or if you wanted to post it yourself, like, you know, f just photo by whatever. Instead, he just took the picture for, for, for as his own and posted it and left me completely out of it. 
And then when I, I teased him about it when I saw him next. And I said, hey, man, thanks for taking He's like, oh, I don't know how to do that. That's no excuse. First of all, let me show you how then, okay? But the next thing was this, was that Jonathan Coachman sees it. And 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 now I'm a little now I'm a little mad because now Jonathan Coachman sees it. He's talking about it, and um, and was like, "Hey, you know, this is the guy that was it." And, and I'm starting to understand a little bit, like, you know, because Jonathan Coachman says, uh, "This is a guy who's in it for all the right reasons. He doesn't want any spoilers." I was like, "Man, that that's really what it is. He's he he is the opposite to the to again the block, you know Brock Lesnar guy." But even when they had the WrestleMania kickoff party, whenever WrestleMania is in a city. Like, you know, let's say in April, that previous, like, November, they'll have a kickoff party when tickets go on sale. And they'll even have, like, some matches and everything else at the, at the venue, like a press conference. And, of course, it's led by Stephanie McMahon. And when she did, the, did that for this past November, the first thing she does when she walks out, she goes, I see the sign guy. Like, they love him. And I love that. But anyway, but Rick, you should have... You should have tagged me. You should have done the right thing. And not knowing how to do that is no excuse. So, but then I was like, you know, why would Jonathan Coachman have done that? And I asked Rick that he goes, well, I was at his wedding. Okay, buddy. Some of my closest friends weren't at my wedding. So why would you have, and I'm not saying I don't believe him. I do believe him. But what I mean now is that I don't believe that he wasn't somehow part of the show, which means he lied to me, which means it made me lie to you, the listener. Which I don't like, and I'm not. I'm not happy about that because, you know, you listen to the show, you want to get the truth, man. You want to hear. I'm here to bullshit you, and it doesn't really matter. Just I don't. I don't. I don't know what. Why he's so weird about that? I mean, he he's so. I guess he's protective of it, or something. Like I guess like if 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 it gets out, it could kill his gig, man. And I don't. And and so I get it. I get why, but don't lie to me though. You can just say like something like, well, I'm not going to talk about it because, again, I don't want to lose my gig. And but, you know, I kind of have a little in there or, you know, I'm friends with some of the guys in the back. That's all. You know what I mean? Like, but just he wants you to think that he's no different than you and he buys tickets just like you do. If you're at Jonathan Coachman's wedding, OK, when Jonathan Coachman was in WWE, you're not buying tickets, bruh. Okay, you're just not, and that's the part I have a problem with. Not a problem with him have, not having to do it, but him not being honest about it. So anyway, I sound like I'm all over Rick's case. He's gonna hear this and go, "Man, I thought we were friends," and I'm gonna go, "I thought we were too." You didn't tag me, so anyway, love you, Rick. Um, so anyway, so that's how this crazy, crazy weekend uh, wrapped up, man. So stick around, okay, for next week because, hey, we're going to be at MLW, Major League Wrestling's Blood and Thunder as they make their way back to the DFW area. Very excited about that. And again, like I said, do not forget January 29th, Dave and Buster's on the Central Expressway in Dallas. Me and Selena De La Renta are going to throw the biggest rumble party in freaking history. Don't miss it. It's free, and we'll see you next week. Ring the bell. That does it for us this week. We hope you had a slamming good time, and be sure to join us next week for more in-ring action. This has been a presentation of Tricky Kid Media Originals, distributed by iHeartRadio, created and directed by Roy Turner, edited and mastered by Marcus Miller. 
Theme music by The Buck Pets. Original score by Jocelyn Hunt. Artwork by Antora Sandy. Marketing and PR by Francesca Miles. Tricky Kid Radio is hosted by Roy Turner with introductions by me, Dana French. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us next week.